In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. It's so great to be back in Wisconsin and have this amazing, like 70 degree weather. It's so crazy to me. We were on spring break uh, the last couple of weeks, kind of. It was a pseudo spring break. We flew down to Florida on a one-way ticket to pick up an RV and had more of a slow travel experience. I wouldn't even call it a vacation because we were still doing school and work on the experience, and I will have an entire episode on this. But it was so fun to take our time and just slow things down, to be intentional about doing things with our day. I am also hearing about a lot of people getting vaccinated and being inspired to travel again and really get back to exploring and thinking about things differently. So that brings me a lot of joy and a lot of energy, and I'm excited to see all the adventures you are about to embark on. I also owe you guys a giveaway. A couple weeks ago, I announced a giveaway for some Northeast Wisconsin maple syrup fresh from our maple trees and boiled down here. And that giveaway was for anyone who left a written review on the podcast. And again, if you go to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash review, there's a tutorial on how to do that. And also subscribe to our email list. And the winner of the Ordinary Sherpa giveaway this week is Jenny Ehlers. And she writes, not all who wander are lost. Heidi, I got to listen to one of your podcasts at lunch, add tea in parentheses, and loved it. It's phenomenal. You definitely have a future in this space. I subscribe and am a total fan. Jenny, thank you so much. Uh, If you just want to message me, I will follow up with you and get you your maple syrup, your little pint of maple syrup. It'll be delicious on so many things. Today's episode, though, is going to be a little bit different. We are going to talk a little bit less about families and more about something that the entire world is dealing with. And actually, it is something that's happening in my work life and work and personal life sometimes collide, often collide. You know, you can't separate those out. And today's episode just felt like we needed to talk about it. As we're coming out of this pandemic, you know, we went into this pandemic as kind of a shared experience where... We were all going in with the same unexpected things. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen next. There was a level of uncertainty. But as things progress, we're all in different boats. And people are coming out of the pandemic at different places with different experiences, with different traumas, different struggles. And we know, again, as we're watching things kind of evolve, that there's a shadow epidemic around mental health, AODA, and suicides. And today is really understanding how adventure can help address some of those mental health concerns with a particular audience. My guest today is someone who I have just found, he's the person I would call when I just needed someone super calm to talk through something with me. I'm pretty jacked up usually, you know, I've got a lot of energy. 
And whenever I'd call him, I'd be like, man, you were like, you have the calmest demeanor. Ryan Good believes he was put on this earth to help people feel valued, love, and experience joy. He's been given the awesome opportunity to fulfill this calling through his role at Foundations Health and Wholeness in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where he serves as the president and CEO. Foundations is a nonprofit organization that helps provide mental health counseling services and foster care services. And with over 20 years of experience serving in the counseling foster care field, after his graduation from University of Kentucky and his master's degree in social work, he is a licensed clinical social worker in the state of Wisconsin and has been an excellent partner in many of the projects related to mental health systems of care. Ryan's greatest adventure, though, is his 21 years of marriage to his wife, Michelle, along with parenting their three adolescent children. Ryan also enjoys beekeeping, ice fishing, construction, softball, cigars, and family vacations. He and his wife currently are in the process of purchasing a bowling alley with the vision of positively connecting with the youth in their community. Ryan, you have just been such a force for stability through all of 2020 when you and I have connected I always find that your calm demeanor just resonates with me. Tell me a little bit about your backstory and how adventure resonates with you. You know, I am not, I wouldn't describe myself as a very adventuresome individual, which is kind of interesting. However, one thing that I love is just in-depth conversations with other guys. And I've just kind of found that through activity, through adventure, that really I've been able to make that connection with some of my closest friends. And it was always when we were out doing something fun and engaging. And that always seemed to lead just to the best conversations, the best days for me. And so because I enjoyed those experiences so much, just continued to find intentional ways to have some just good, deep connection above the surface of whatever activity it is that we're doing. I love that because I also think Ordinary Sherpa's intention is to help families connect, but connection really has, I don't know, I would say transference, right? There's an ability through adventure, maybe adventure is just the platform, like you said, the activity per se, but what happens in those activities is that you can connect on a deeper level. In your intro, you alluded to this concept that you're connecting with other guys and it's adventures, maybe more the the activity, but really the connection and hanging out with the guys is what's really inspiring for you. Is it the activity or is it the connection that you really crave? How do you get beyond the surface? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And I would say it's probably almost equal both in terms of social connection and an emotional connection. Really, the activity, I think, brings fun, excitement, engagement, an excuse for myself and my friends or my sons um, or daughters, you know, to get together and, and have a reason to hang out. And then I think it's through those experiences through that shared activity, learning, whatever it is, that really brings about just a great environment to ask questions, to truly either get to know someone at a deeper level, talk about maybe deeper issues than what the activity is that we're doing. And so, yeah, I would say adventure meets both social and emotional needs for me. Yeah, I should give a little backstory on how you and I have connected because we are probably more work 
partners, you know, in our professional mm-hmm. lives than we are social partners out in the community and in our personal lives. One of the reasons you and I have really gotten to know each other better was through some work in addressing adult male suicide rates. Yes. And you are pretty familiar with what those statistics take. Can you give a little bit of background for listeners who aren't really aware of what's happening with adult men in our lives? Yeah. What's really interesting, I think a little shocking, is actually middle-aged males have the highest rate of completed suicides out of any group in our society. And so really, that's the cause, I think, that has brought us together in terms of, is there a way that we can stop the trend and, yeah, and ideally have zero completed suicides in our community? I think that's the ultimate goal. Yeah, it's such a silent epidemic Yeah, that, and you and I have talked a lot about this, that we have to think differently about how we solve this problem. And I don't want to say people are the problem, right? It's not, it's not like the men are the project, but right. traditional methods require people when they're in that place to reach out for help. And that's really not natural for some people to reach out for help. And so I loved the concept of let's look at an untraditional way to mm-hmm. connect. And I know you've done some really fun things, both with your kids and with friends. And so tell me a little bit about that. How are you starting to explore that from that place of connection and and looking at the problem a little differently? Yeah. So it's been kind of anecdotal research that I've been doing, but really trying to find some... I hate to stereotype, but like manly things to do to... to encourage other men to hang out. And so one thing I just took up this winter was ice fishing. And again, this is an activity that I'm really growing to love. You know, you're sitting in a little shelter out on the ice, which seems like a completely different world. Um, For my Southerners, it's actually pretty cool. I remember when we had foreign exchange students, they're like, you do what? But yes, explain for those who've never been ice fishing. You want to give the context a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, you have to go out on ice that's at least four inches thick and you set up this little pop-up. It's almost like a tent to keep the wind off you and you have a propane heater. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty comfortable in there. And then you drill holes with an auger in the ice and you're sitting in the tent, you're, you know, you have fishing poles and bait and and you're jigging while you're sitting in there. And then outside the shanty is what it's called. You have what's called tip ups. And these are little wood planks that have a flag on them. And then you put minnows on it. And then when a Northern comes through, it'll grab the minnow and the flag will shoot up and then you yell tip up and then you go out running and (laughs) see what's on the end of your line there. And so, yeah, it's actually quite a bit of excitement. We've done it a couple of times. I think it's funny as a a female, I come from a very outdoorsy family. I have three brothers. And so this was one of those concepts that just never really clung. (laughs) Like I just never connected with this activity. But seeing now my brothers will take my children, my boys Mm -hmm. out. And it's so funny to watch because it's almost like watching dogs on ice, you know, like Mm -hmm. chasing after a treat. Like it's tip up and the flag goes and like it's a run, 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 slide. Hopefully you don't fall. You know, like it is so funny. I feel like it deserves its own little you know, outtake sometimes because yeah. people just don't understand it, but it is entertaining. Yeah. And the friend who introduced me to ice fishing, I mean, the first time that flag went up, like you said, he's sprinting across the ice, yelling, just looking so happy. You know, we ended up having a Northern on the 
the other end. And, and he was just so giddy. And I mean, that was, you know, something that brought me such joy and like, oh man, this is someone who has this much joy about, you know, catching a fish. It was just a, a fun experience. And yeah, and what I found with ice fishing that's really cool is you're sitting in this, you know, six foot by six foot box. You have kind of a distraction in terms of the activity, the jigging, the putting on bait, the picking out lures, those kinds of things. But then, you know, it just leads to natural conversations that are, you know, way above and beyond fishing. And you're, you know, you both are sitting in this box for hours together and trying to think of things to say. And so that's been really interesting, just the depth of conversation that has come about. And my son is really big into electronics. He could play 24-7 if we'd let him. And ice fishing has been one of those things that has really gotten him out of the house. He's shown interest. In fact, last weekend, he's like, hey, why don't we go fishing this afternoon? I said, absolutely, let's go. And so it's been really neat to have this shared activity with my son that, you know, it's been kind of just one of those first things that we've really been able to bond over. That's exciting. I often get asked too about my practices as a parent around screen time. And, you know, I think it's just an interesting, it's it's a dynamic that you have to consider. I have, I don't love screens, but that's my preference. And so I think it's hard because when your kids do thrive in that screen or the electronics environment, it's hard to find different ways to connect. So I'm really excited that you share that he's, he's connecting with you now through ice fishing. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, kind of a bonus for my wife is we just went on a retreat together uh, this last weekend. And so we went up to the Northern Wisconsin area, had a house on the lake. And there was one morning I set up my ice shack. She came down to join me. And what was really cool is, I mean, she had this uh, pack of questions that are basically connection questions that, you know, ask some, some surfacey kinds of things, uh, but then also stuff about, you know, what we love, what our future looks like, what our favorite past things were. And that just made a I don't know, being in the ice shack, having that distraction of the fishing poles and the different things I had to do really allowed for just a a great conversation that we were able to have together. She could care less about fishing, but she really appreciates the emotional connection. And so this was kind of the best of both worlds for our relationship. I love that. Yes. And I think a lot of people... When we talk about adventures, a lot of people go to like the hard stuff, right? Like, oh, it means I have to plan a hike or I've got to pack all these things and it's elaborate and it's epic. But I love that you have given us an example of how you are connecting really at a deeper level, both in relationships with your kids and your spouse. And it's something simple. It's just creating the space for that opportunity to exist. And so that's what I really love about your story. And I know you and your wife have a couple other adventures kind of (laughs) packed into your sleeve. Very different, but exciting. You know, an adventure doesn't always have to be a doing activity. It can also just be a new challenge, potentially hazardous is what I like to say. You know, never quite sure of what that risk level will be. Do you want to share? Is this ready for public? I think it is. Although things aren't totally finalized. Yeah, my wife and I are pursuing the purchase of a bowling alley in Oconto, Wisconsin. It's a little eight lane, hole in the wall, falling apart building type of place. And what's been interesting is in Oconto, I mean, there is nothing for youth to do. 
And so about a year ago, my wife and I were talking and we're like, man, I wish we'd have something for our kids, for their friends, something positive that, uh, yeah, it could just be a place where, where kids hang out and have a positive interaction with adults. And so she had mentioned that as a child, she hung out in a bowling alley a lot because uh, her parents bowled in a league. And so they were some pretty fond memories for her. And so what she ended up doing was uh, stopping by the bowling alley downtown Oconto and spoke with the owner and said, hey, would you mind if I just shadowed you for a year and just learn all there is to learn about this business? And what he had communicated is that he was ready to get out of the business. He had been in it for 20 years, has a full-time job elsewhere, just hasn't had the energy to put in to the alley what it needs. And so it was kind of fortuitous just in terms of the timing. And so both her and I have been volunteering there for, yeah, right about a year. And we're just now to the place of it should be probably two weeks that we'll be closing on this alley and, and start to kind of create it as, as we have a vision for it. I love the concept. And I love that you're thinking about it from a place of generosity of like, how can we, yeah, I, you know, I, and let me pause for just a second on that thought. I think people think of Wisconsin and it's really not on anyone's bucket list, right? It is just, it's a very humble, it's a great place to raise a family. There's a lot of perceptions around Wisconsin, but it's, it's really kind of rural and there's not a lot of options. And what I love about your concept and, and where you're going with this is that it comes from a place of, well, if there's nothing here, then we're going to create the opportunity yeah. to connect and have these good experiences because we don't have the mountains and we don't have the ocean. So we're going to find a new way to connect and create those opportunities, especially in wintertime, you know, when things are a little uh, dreary, yes. it's, it's like rainy and icy now. And, you know, it's the, the winter fun is over and now we're in the muddy season that's great, but it, it also gets it hard to find places and ways to connect, especially with those adolescents. So I love the concept on and what you're trying to put forth. Yeah, that's that's absolutely the case. And we moved to Wisconsin, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. And truly, I couldn't picture a better place to live for the very reasons that you had listed about family, about community, even having places to go that are rural to explore and have adventure. So, so yeah, so it's been a, a really good fit for us. And what's interesting, I mean, my wife and I, we don't have a lot of shared activities and similar interests. And really, this adventure has brought us closer together and given us that common vision, common goal. And yeah, and so we, we talk about it a lot. We dream about it together often. And it's been a really good adventure for us. And, uh, and my, my word for the year is YOLO. You only live once. And so that's really what's been motivating me just to continue pursuing it further. Because yeah, yeah, this is an adventure we both want to take. I love YOLO, but I don't often hear it with, uh, with men your age. And I don't mean that as a, as a, you know, as a dig on you or anything, but it's usually like the 20 somethings, right? That are saying yellow. So I think we're probably more in the boat of like yellow with a plan. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Very good point. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. 
Awesome. Tell me more about what you do for work, because I also think some of your professional life has really informed some of this, these new adventures that you're embracing. How has your path in your professional life really allowed you to be at this place today to be thinking about creating space for opportunities for young adults? Is there anything behind that story that you'd want to share with us? There is. So yes, I've been in the social service field for all of my career, which is now 20 plus years, which is crazy to say out loud. And currently I run a foster care and counseling organization. Really... The stigma that's been associated with mental health in general has been a big barrier to overcome in our community, and I would say even more so for men. And so that's what has helped, I guess, prompt this adventure of trying to figure out how best to serve men in mental health and reduce ideally the stigma and barriers to care. And so as you were talking about the work earlier that the two of us have done together, what was interesting is we actually kicked off some focus groups here at our office. And what we had found is men in our community, we asked to come together just to speak on mental health and just getting their thoughts, their insights, that sort of thing. And a common theme was that Yes, we know there are mental health services available. And yes, we believe we could access them if we wanted to, but it's not something we think about. They stated that it's usually a spouse, significant other, loved one. That's the person that really encourages them to go see a counselor, but it's nothing that they would necessarily think about on their own. And again, this is just a a very vague generalization of men. So this isn't all men, but it was certainly a theme in those focus groups. And so, you know, our thinking that we took from that was, okay, so maybe a man wouldn't come regularly to sit with a counselor in one of our offices and have a session. And so if that's the reality then is there something we can do maybe a little bit differently in order to meet the mental health needs of men? And so that's really helped kind of spur on some just creative thinking around this topic and how best we can do that. Another theme that came out from those focus groups was that adventure is a key in connection for men. It was the men that threw out the idea of, hey, could we do anything that involves a little more excitement, a little more activity, as opposed to sitting face to face with a counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a really interesting visual that was presented to me not too long ago is that often women will sit face to face like that's their preferred. They're very social animals, so to speak, whereas men will sit shoulder to shoulder. So they're not necessarily having to face each other as they work through things, but they'll stand, you know, when you think about sports or you think about being in the outdoors, you're very seldom face to face with your peers. You're more side by side, you know, you're supporting each other. It's kind of like you'll hit each other on the back, but you won't necessarily warm embrace, you know, and I think that visual has helped me really understand the gender dynamics and how even in parenting, how I approach my boys is a little different than how I approach my girl. And I also think as a spouse, you know, as I think about how to support my husband in some of these things in life, you know, let's just take 2020, for example, that we had to think so differently about how do we connect because the weight of 2020 
was heavy, you know, and it's still heavy coming out of it. And I couldn't think of a better time really to have this conversation with you because adventure is giving us a platform to help foster connection, not just in families. I'm focused on families, but it's also with guys and with peers and with friends and with children. So I think it's, it's really fascinating to see your world from that clinical sense, but then also see the value of adventure showing up in those different spaces. Yes. And you're absolutely right, Heidi, as far as guys are more what I'd call parallel play, (laughs) you know, where, like you said, shoulder to shoulder, where women can be at a coffee shop face to face and go deep initially, where guys, it's more of, I would say, a wave where, you know, we start out shallow talking about whatever topic, then we go deep for a little bit, then we got to get back up and take a breath of air. And then we can go deep again, you know, so it's a little bit more of a wave than it is a cliff, like maybe for some women. So that's, that's, I think, a a difference in potentially wiring or, or whatever, but it's, it's just a reality for a lot of guys. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think that also provides some insights. And I know coming out of 2020, we have some work to do, right? I, You and yeah. I both work in this space. You know, I know our roles are different, but generally speaking in the mental health space, we see what could be coming. And it's, it's a little scary, both mm-hmm. in AODA and foster care and in mental health and all those services. There's, there's just a gap and we're missing, we're missing too many people, I think. And so it's very mm-hmm. inspiring to think about a third way to support people differently. Absolutely. Very awesome. I, Wanted to just give you some space. Anything else that you wanted to kind of offer up my listeners in the Ordinary Sherpa space? Well, I'll tell you another activity, which I consider adventure, that has really been neat through COVID. It's not necessarily the healthiest. However, I've been connecting with like my brother and brother-in-law who are in different states through video. And what we'll do is have a virtual cigar night. So we'll each either go out by our bonfires or in our finished garages or, you know, whatever, and zoom in with each other, share a cigar, a drink, and then chat. And it's something, you know, we would have never talked on the phone pre-COVID to see how each other are doing. We might send a text here and there. But because we've been in such isolation, we've desired, you know, just creative ways again to connect safely with each other. And so that's really led to some really neat discussions. And again, just more depth and insight into how things are going with each other's families, jobs, struggles, victories, you know, all of those kinds of topics have come about, you know, just over a cigar. And so I've really, yeah, just enjoyed that opportunity. And I think it's one of the, you know, positive things that COVID has brought. I appreciate that. I believe one of my strong values of Ordinary Sherpa is just authenticity. That... Mm -hmm. You can shed the highlight reels for a while and just be in the moment and find ways to connect. And I also think COVID required us to do that. You know, if mm-hmm. <laughs> having leading an organization, I probably would not have allowed you to see the inside of our home renovation previously. You know, it's a mess. I live in a mess. And previous to COVID, I would have been embarrassed by the dog barking. And I would have been embarrassed when my son, you know, ended up climbing in the back of my screen without my knowledge and playing Nerf Gun Wars with whoever was on the screen. There were so many things that exposed vulnerability. And those were such gifts that, you know, you can talk about vulnerability and you can pretend like you're failing online, but we really still protect those things that we're most concerned about. Mm -hmm. 
And perhaps, just perhaps, that was just the crack to let the light in and see that there is power in those moments, that there's power in vulnerability. And however we're finding those ways to connect and expose our vulnerability, whether it be through a cigar or my kid's little dart gun, whatever, that was so embarrassing, but funny at the same time. You know, that's we're real people underneath our titles and underneath our Instagram pages. And that's what that's what this is, right? Is shedding some of those layers of protection. Yeah. And Heidi, you know, we, again, this goes back to some of the work we did together last year, but there was what we did was called a dudes and tacos event. And so what we ended up doing was inviting 30 guys together. And the only thing we said is there's going to be dudes, tacos in a warehouse. And we just want to pick your brains on different topics of conversation. So come on out and and grab some tacos. And, you know, we had beer and coolers and, you know, soft drinks and, and a taco bar set up. And we met in the break room of a warehouse. And what was amazing, we had I don't know, probably five or six small groups of, you know, five guys. And we just asked them various questions related to to men and mental health. And one of the powerful things I took from that, which you just mentioned, is vulnerability and that guys desire vulnerability, but they don't necessarily uh, know how to express it or even identify emotions that would help them display vulnerability. So that was, uh, I think, kind of an interesting takeaway. And what was so cool about that event is by the end of the conversation, you know, I just paused and looked around and looked at the engagement of all the guys in the room sharing experiences, whether it was their own personal experience with mental health challenges or someone at work who experienced it. And by the end, you know, all these guys were pretty much, you know, wanting to hug each other goodbye. And there was connection (laughs) there. And they're like, yes, let's continue this discussion. It's so needed in our society. And so that was just a, a beautiful, I think, example of setting up a different environment that would speak to guys in particular and help them feel comfortable uh, and safe. And, and what we saw was the fruit of connection and vulnerability together. Yeah, that was such an awesome, it's almost like being the fly on the wall. I think there was only two females there. I was one and and your colleague was another. And it was so funny because we almost felt like so out of place. I'm like, I don't want them to think like I'm actually listening to what they're saying, but I'm so intrigued by what they're saying that it was fascinating to just sit. And these were guys from all walks of life, you know, having, oh gosh, everybody. It was just so fascinating to see how quickly we were able to create the space for them to connect and be real. And that just doesn't happen in normal life. And so I hope I hope that Ordinary Sherpa, though, and our work and whatever platform we continue to pursue allows people to really test different opportunities, whether it be adventure or just non-traditional connection ways yes. <laughs> to really, you know, reach out to dudes, reach out to your friends and say, hey, how's it going? But not just keep it surface, you know, yeah. get at some of the crazy, stupid questions or having some. I had a fun exercise not too long ago in the podcasting world. We sometimes will have meetups 
virtual meetups where people will just offer out different questions. And one of the kind of random questions I've heard a couple times is, what are three things on the table next to your bed? And you're like, I don't know. You know, it's just like random. Or what were three things that caused you to be the person you are today? You know, like three life events. And you're like, wow, that's really deep. But it's things like that, that every once in a while, it's the stupid questions sometimes that reveal things that can break the ice and get at some of the deeper level conversations, which I think was was what dudes and tacos really taught me. And I think a lot of the guys said, you know, like I'd come back for dudes and lobster. (laughs) Yes, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't have to be anything um, complicated or or fancy as I know kind of came up in our earlier conversation. You know, it takes a tent, it takes tacos, you know, takes a cigar. It, It really doesn't take a whole lot to have an excuse Uh, to bring guys together, to bring friends together and start the discussion. That's excellent. Ryan, if people want to connect with you, follow up with you, have additional questions, are concerned, are there any resources or places that you would suggest they connect with you? Yeah, they could certainly email me at rgood, G-O-O-D, at we are A-R-E foundations with an S dot org. Perfect. And I'll put that in the show notes. If if there's any other ways that would work, I'll, I'll make sure that those are in the show notes too. Yeah. And then in particular to dudes, the myconnectionnew.org website has an actual man's page strictly geared towards helping men with mental health challenges. And it's labeled Strong Minds. And so I think that's a great resource to turn to as well if you're looking for some some great resources for mental health and men. That is awesome. Thank you. And I'm going to link that to the, to the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to follow up and play around in that space, there's a lot of really cool things there that are available to men. If and, and if you have questions, Ryan is an awesome, approachable dude <laughs> that I will say I've had the luxury of getting to know over the last, gosh, four or five years now. Yeah, sure has been. Thank you so much, Ryan. Well, glad I could help out. And yeah, this is a fun experience. Thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate the perspective that you bring to this work. I have nine key takeaways from this episode. Number one, Social and emotional connection are paramount to adventure. The activity offers a fun excuse to hang out with friends and family, but through the shared activity, there is an environment to ask questions and connect on a deeper level. Number two, middle-aged men have the highest rate of completed suicide out of any group in our society. We have to think differently about how to offer solutions. Traditional methods require individuals to reach out for help when they are least able to and are not designed for masculine tendencies such as parallel play or shoulder-to-shoulder activities. Number three, creating simple environments such as ice fishing in a shanty on the ice. Offer the distraction of fishing, but also allow the space for deep conversation. This can be ideal for connecting with other guys or adolescent children. It just leads to natural conversation above and beyond fishing. Number four, rural Wisconsin and other places in our country can be challenging for youth to find a place to connect with other youth and with adults. Ryan and his wife have decided to create the space for positive youth and adult interaction by embarking on a new adventure and collectively bonding through a shared experience. Number five, the stigma that's been associated with mental health in general has been a big barrier to overcome. When we asked men how they might offer services differently, adventure came up as a key theme in connection for men. 
Number six, often women will sit face to face, whereas men will sit shoulder to shoulder. When you think about sports or being outdoors, you're very seldom face to face with your peers. This is a consideration when creating environments for men. Number seven, sometimes male conversations happen in a wave format. They start out shallow talking about whatever's happening in your life, but then go deep only to come back up for air. This wave format is consistent with how we need to approach and have conversations with men. Number eight, less is more. Limiting distractions and simplifying the environment like sitting in a six by six shanty or having tacos in a warehouse can create the space for deep connection. Number nine, a blessing from COVID was exposing the vulnerabilities of our personal lives. Creating simple experiences like sharing a cigar over a Zoom with your brother or a friend allowed for connection when they would not likely have called each other on the phone previously. These are just a few of the takeaways, and I hope all of you are able to follow up. There are resources in the show notes, as Ryan alluded to. His email address is listed there, as well as the resource specific to strong minds at myconnectionnew.org. If you or someone you know needs help, please don't hesitate to reach out. The My, Res- My Connection New will also help you navigate where you might get the help that you need. It is such a joy and an honor to have you with me each week. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.